If you have your Bibles this morning, go to James chapter 5. I want to start off by saying it's good to know what, who wrote this or who wrote that. It's good to know that Paul uh, wrote to Timothy. And those are things that are good to know. And I imagine, I don't know, I've never been to seminary, so I don't know. I don't know what and all they cover, but they do cover these things. And it's good to know that Paul did this. It's good to know that James wrote this. It's good to know that Luke wrote Luke and Luke 2, Acts. So it's good to know these things. And it's really easy whenever we start putting Luke's name and Paul's name to it and whoever, and we so when we take the words in red out, well, that was Jesus' word. It's really easy to start thinking about this man. But we also have to remember that, and Peter tells us that all Scripture, all Scripture is given by God. So even though James was the pencil holder, the words that are written in the Bible came from God Almighty. Can we get there before we go any further? We've got to get there first. Because otherwise we can say, well, James just talked this way or whatever. And so we have to say this is the Word of God. And from back to cover, back to cover, front cover to back cover, back to front, this is the Word of God. Now my Bible's got a bunch of numbers in it so you can do uh, word studies with the, the Greek and the Hebrew. And it's got a little bit of commentary stuff in it too. Some of the commentary stuff I don't see yet. And maybe it's because I'm just a young Christian. But what's wrote in the Bible is the Word of God. And so we have to take it as that, and we take it all. One of the problems that happens with uh, folks as they grow, uh, I think the reason we have a lot of different ideals, sometimes we have different ideals within the own co same congregation sometimes, is because... We like to pick and choose scripture. We don't like to pull this one out because this one hurts. Oh, we like this one. This supports my idea. And so we have to be careful with that. It's the whole counsel of God. We've got to take it all in. And so we're in James chapter 5. Anybody want to tell me what's in James chapter 5? Real quick, just a real quick one. Prayer for the sick. Thank you, Sister Francis. Anything else? Don't look. I want to know what's on your hearts. I want to know what has been sown there. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Prayer for the sick. That was the number one. And in a Pentecostal church, when we have a healing service on convention or when we have it at the assembly, you'll probably hear James chapter 5 referred to. And it's not taken away. It is prayer for the sick. It is laying on of hands for those that are sick. But there's a lot more in chapter 5 of James. So we have to be careful. We turn the guy on on 7 o'clock on Monday morning on Daystar. And I don't know who it is, so I'm not pointing anybody. If you know who it is, I'm not, I don't have a clue. You have to be careful because he has something he's preaching. Denominations have something they preach. There are things they skirt around. 
because it's too hard to face. If you take a lot of folks who were, I hate to put it this way, but I'm going to. The good Lord gave it to me, and I want you to understand, this ain't just Ken speaking. I've been in here a long time this morning praying and asking God, if I'm going to talk out of line, don't let me talk. Because with God, all things are possible, right? I can get laryngitis or something else can happen. I don't want to speak out of line. But I also want to tell what God has given. Okay? So if you want to grow a big church, you go into the community and you start finding out what people like and what they don't like. And then you start reading the word, preaching the word, teaching in Sunday school. You start doing it all to fit along those lines that it becomes comfortable. That's how you grow a country club or a church. You stay away from certain areas. And I ask that, and Sister Francis, I thank you for speaking up on that because we do know as Pentecostal church, James chapter 5, everybody automatically goes to healing. But there's more there. And there's something in here that we're going to read that is gets skipped a lot by a lot of folks. So, I want you to have your ears on because this is for me and this is for each one of us. Okay? We're going to start in chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, those of you that have a King James that you're reading now, it says brethren. Okay? And in the original language, that is a word that covers he's and she's both. I asked Sister Bays about this yesterday, and she gave me a word, and I cannot remember what it was. It has to do with an English, and, you know, some words in these languages carry just to the guys, and some just to the, but some of them are neutral, so it includes brethren. So this translation I have says brothers and sisters. So that's you, and that's me, all of us, he's and she's. If one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. So we start out confessing to each other and then we pray so that we can be healed And we get down to tell what prayer is and how important it is. It tells about Elijah. You remember? He, he called down. He prayed for it to be dry. It was dry. He prayed for it to rain, and it rained. It was to show that God was sovereign and is all-powerful. And it shows the power of prayer. Amen? Do you believe in prayer this morning? Prayer card's in here. Fill them out. And when we get done this morning, I really expect that you will fill them out. 
But then he goes down and he talks to the brothers and sisters. Us. All of us. And it says, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back. Now we got to establish, first of all, this is the Word of God. Amen? So, brothers and sisters are who? Christians. Thank you, Brother Willie. These are believers in Christ. It has nothing to do with everybody else that don't believe. He's talking to believers. Brothers and sisters. If one of you should wonder, that's me too. If one of us should wonder, that tells us that this can happen. Otherwise it wouldn't be in the Word of God, amen? It can happen. So if one of you should wonder from the truth, Wow, that can happen from the Word of God. And someone should bring that person back. Who is someone? You or me. It doesn't say the preacher. It doesn't say the pastor. It doesn't say the evangelist. It doesn't say the deacon. Someone. Someone is you and me. So if one of our brothers or sisters starts wandering from the truth, and one of us should bring them back, they're wandering. Now what does the word wandering have, have, have? What kind of a meaning does it have? If I jump off of here, I just jumped off of here. And it was quick. But to wander means I'm going to take my time. It's going to happen easily. You ever wandered around? You ever wandered around and been looking here or there and yonder and you trip over something you didn't even see? Because you're just wandering around. I didn't mean it that way. You're at where the truth is. He's talking to brothers and sisters. Believers. That's a warning for you and me. We've got to stay focused to the truth. If one of you should wonder. And wondering is something that happens very, very easily. It's very easy to get, the devil wants to take us out of the game. Can, I, can you agree with that? He hates you. If you're saved today, he hates you. And he don't want to see anything other than bad come your way. But it's so easy for things, and he's so subtle, to come in with any angle that he can find to get into our lives and start causing us to wonder to get to the place that we're just not where we used to be. And we get all kinds of ideas coming in our minds. And then we have our brothers and sisters trying to start talking to us. Am I right? Or do you just call the preacher and say, Preacher, you've got to go do something about this guy. Preacher might not be able to. Because I may have preached something that God gave me that when conviction came, instead of them receiving conviction from the Holy Spirit, they said, oh, Ken did that. So Ken don't get to talk anymore. He can't say anything that's right. You know what I'm talking about? You've been there. You work in workplaces, and there's people that you've dealt with, and after, after a while, you, I don't have nothing to do. I don't want to hear what you got to say. So he gives us son out. God's always making a way. 
Did we talk about that in Sunday school? He's making a way. So he says, if any one of you, if one of us was to fall, and any one of us, any one of you, goes to this brother, and they've been wandering, and they don't realize that they're wandering because their eyes have been blinded by the devil. The first clue is, is when love is not flowing from our heart toward any believer, animosity of any kind, can I tell you it came from hell? Because he wants to create the divide. And so they get out here and they start wondering and the mind starts playing. And the next thing you know, they're not standing over there no more, they're over here. They've walked away from where the truth is. So if any one of you should wander from the truth and someone goes to them to basically rescue them, you see, we don't do that. We don't like doing that. We, well, I don't want to go and I don't want to say nothing to Miss Susie because, you know, I just know she's going to get mad. She's going to lash out at me, and I don't want to have anything in the world to do with what's going on. But then they come to preacher, or they come to one of you. And then we start talking. Now, does that make us feel a lot better about ourselves? It does. We start talking, and that's why we do it, but it's not what we should be doing. The Bible says it's one of you. And everybody in here knows there's somebody who has wandered from the faith. Am I right on that? If you don't know somebody that's wandered from the faith, raise your hand right now. You know somebody who is not where they once was with the Lord. Because they wandered. And you can't talk to them. It's like a guy floating down and swimming in a river and everything is good. And he's swimming and having fun. It's a nice hole of water. The trees are beautiful on either side. But what he doesn't realize is the people 100 feet up on the road can see the water fall down there. He's in the water. He can't hear it. He can't see it. He don't realize it. And in fact, the current is pulling him along slowly. And he doesn't realize that he's wandering. He's drifting away. He's drifting away from the safe place, and he's heading to danger. And you yell at him. Hey, man, get out of the water. Who are you to tell me to get out of the water? Do you own this river? Do you own it? How can you tell me to get out of the water? But there's trouble ahead. What? I can't hear you. I'm not listening to anything you got to say. You're that preacher guy from up there. You're from that church over there. And I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. But, brother, there's trouble ahead. And what do you do? You have a, maybe you have a life preserver. You know those round things that look like a lifesaver, the candy? That's where it came from. It's got a rope attached to it. And you throw it to them. Grab a halt. Maybe you throw it to them and it hits them in the head. It gets their attention. They get mad at you because you hit them in the head with a life preserver. Man, I'm going to tell you what, when you see a life preserver flowing at you, you better grab a hold of it because somebody sees something you don't. And trouble is down here. And you keep drifting farther and farther and farther away. And let me tell you, it's subtle. It will look religious. It will seem religious. It will seem like it's right. And a lot of times only because we go here and we'll say, well, I like. Oops. I like page 619, but I don't like page 1098. That's how we start to wonder. 
And yet, the trouble's there. Now, he's talking to believers. Folks in the Calvinist view have this idea that you're saved, you're good. I've been praying on this thing for 10 years. Because it is prevalent. It is very prevalent, especially in this area. I don't know about everywhere else. I haven't been there. But you said yes to Jesus, you're good to go. Go live how you want. You just don't get no reward. This goes away. He's talking to believers. And what did he say? You're going to save them from death? Now, Brother Danny, when you got saved, did anybody tell you you weren't going to die? Your physical body is going to die. But he's talking about spiritual death, separation from God forever. And he's talking to brothers. If one of you should drift away and wander away, and some of you, some one of you, one of you were to go and to rescue them. That's what he's saying. Go and rescue them. That blows that cover on that theory. That's just a sidebar. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to Peter, <laughs> Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith not fail. If your faith can't fail, then why did Jesus need to pray? Who wrote the Bible? Did Luke put that in Luke 22? No, the Holy Spirit did. Did Luke put this here? And I'm not, I'm not wanting to fight that battle. I'm wanting, the one I'm wanting to go to is this. If one of you were to drift away, that means you were in good place. You were in a place that you needed to be, and now you're drifting away. And the Bible says that if we go to them, they can be delivered. They can be rescued from death. So who is to go? Who is to go to them and to rescue? Who is to go and tell them this is happening? This is, this is a gradual thing. Brother, I, I remember when I used to see you every Sunday. What's the first thing you hear? Come on, somebody help me. I don't have to be in church to be saved. I've been busy. Work's been killing me. Yeah. I don't have to just come to that church to be saved. Or are you going to one? That doesn't matter. Who are you to judge me? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where did these come from? I've heard them. I've made those phone calls and I've heard them. Who are you to judge me? Are you still reading your Bible? Are you praying? They won't even answer you. A lot of times they just get them walk out or hang up the phone. And that tells you right there that person is in trouble and they cannot see it. They can't see the big waterfall that's going to kill them. They can't see the help that's trying to come to them, but they wandered away. And the devil will find whatever angle he can find to wander us away. And let me tell you something. If you ain't got Jesus and if you ain't listened to the Holy Ghost, you will wander away. That's God talking. That's not Ken. I'm just throwing it out there. You know. Then maybe that's conviction. Maybe you know somebody like that right now. God's just laid them on your heart. They have wandered away. Well, I'm still showing up and I'm still doing this work. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing some of that. But are you where you used to be? 
Because now you're starting to take these different views. You're starting to take this word and you're starting to make God into who you want him to be. Yes, I've got a scripture that proves this. But there's another scripture over here that looks like that. It disproves it. Folks, and that's a place where learning is going to come. That's where we're going to get really big in Christ. That's where we're going to be grown-up Christians. And the devil don't want us getting to be the place of grown-up Christians. He don't want that. So you're wandering away. I'm wandering away. I'll just use me so I don't offend nobody. You know, we're preaching, and here's the Word of God, and this is how simple it can happen. Sunday school, or preaching here, or Sunday night prayer, or whenever, a truth can come out, and 75 people walk out of here and don't say anything. Man, good to see you. See you next week, Lord's willing. If you need anything, call me. And 10 people will walk out and say, man, that that message was for me. I really got something out of it. I've done that. Thank you, because see, I got fed. And one or two will say, I don't agree with that. Oh, they're mad right now. And it's not because, did the Lord speak to you? Is it conviction that's happening? So what are you going to do with conviction? You let the Lord work in your life, or you run from it. I know what I'm talking about. Jesus knocked on my heart's door for a whole lot of years before I ever said yes. I know what I'm talking about. And when that conviction came, I lashed out. I got away from those kinds of people. I don't like those people. And sometimes don't we as Christians, we don't like those people. Am I right? Sometimes we, I don't like those people. And yet we're supposed to be lovers. We're supposed to love people. How much do we love people? When you see a brother or sister and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, won't you pick up the phone and call them? Why don't you call them and just tell them I love you? You don't have to get into the what's wrong because you might not have the answer. Maybe you do. Let the Lord lead you. And you're going to get one of two things. They're going to lay it all out and they're going to start cutting. You remember we read back in here, be hearers of the word and not doers of the word only a couple weeks ago before Easter? Don't just be hearers but be doers. Otherwise, your faith is nothing. It's worthless. You run this all the time, your faith is worthless because you're representing God wrong. So here we have this down here, and this don't get preached on, and you won't hear many people on TV do it. Why? Because it brings conviction. And they're not going to send money to my TV show so I can stay on the air and buy my books and my CDs if I offend them. Because I ran the polls. Who else runs the polls? Have you been watching the news the last couple of weeks? Who's running? Who's ahead? Who's behind? Who said this? Who did that? All this? They run the polls. And that's how you fill the seats up. But that truth never gets to them. Right? This is a word for every one of us. And I know God has laid somebody on your heart right now who has walked away from the faith. They've turned away from this place of faith. They're not where they once were. And he tells us to do something about it. Go to them. 
Go talk to them. What's it say here? My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. But I thought Jesus is the only one that can do it. If we all cannot speak and we all cannot read, how are you going to learn how to read if you can't speak, if you can't learn and you can't communicate? If you can't do that, you don't know it. How does God work? Through people. And he just put this to everybody. He put this to everybody who is a believer. If one of you was to run away, if you would wander away, and some of you were to go to them. Remember this, whoever turns the sinner from the error of their ways. Hmm. Will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. You see, we have to be careful about taking and shaping this to fit our lifestyle. And folks, that's rampant in America today. Go listen to any church around here. They got a lifestyle. And I'm trying to get us to where we don't have that. God has laid that on my heart. I love being Pentecostal. I love being part of the Church of God of Prophecy. But there's more in James chapter 5 than laying on hands and healing. He's giving us something real big now. What good is it if you've got cancer and somebody lays hands on and prays for you and you receive healing but your soul is lost? What good is that? It's no good. No good at all. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to confront but we love Jesus, and we want Jesus to live in us. Can I tell you, he was a very confrontational fellow. He went to the religious establishment. What did he call them? Hypocrites, vipers. Because he was going to take away their way of doing things. You understand what I'm talking about this morning? And I believe this is from heaven. Am I preaching out of the Bible? Anybody think I'm not? Let's, t- let's settle it now. Is this out of the Bible or not? But then he tells us in the beginning what to do. I come to you, Brother Danny, and say, Brother Danny, I've been missing you, man. What's going on? You've been showing up to church and now all of a sudden you're not. Well, is it work? I mean, obviously we've got to work, right? That happens. But only you know if it's an excuse or not. Only you know. I don't. And if you're getting offended right now, take it from God. It's not me. Okay? And I just say I love you, man. I wish you were back. I wish you would come back and be with. I wish you had the hunger that you once had. You used to teach, Brother Willie. What's happened? You're not teaching anymore. He's not real. It's not really so, but you, you see what I'm doing. Well, I don't want to teach anymore. I, I just, I don't feel the call anymore. Your call won't leave you. You will leave your call. But you go to them, and we know what the power of prayer is for, Right? 
Can I pray for you, Brother Danny? Can I just pray with you? And one of two things is either going to happen. He's going to tell me to get lost because I've done been judgmental and I've done given stuff that ain't true or he's going to submit to conviction and he'll probably ball like a baby and then we're going to pray through and the devil don't want that happening. Amen. You know how I know that? Because I can remember when I was saved in this church and I can remember serving in this church and I can remember Brother Murphy letting me teach because I felt like I was called and I just didn't know if that was what I wanted to be doing or not. I didn't like getting in front of people. I didn't have the knowledge of Brother Willie, Brother Wayne, Brother Gene. What have I got to offer these people? Because I was still was about me. And then somebody said something one day that made me mad. And I didn't come to church for the longest time. Okay, you ready for this? And I'm not casting stones because I'm here and I love Jesus. You know how many phone calls I got? Zero. Zero. And I was going over here for a while, and I was going over there for a while, and the next thing you know, I was going nowhere for a while. Because I got mad. My daddy received Christ because he crawled out of bed one night because conviction hit his heart. It made me believe again. Because all I saw was just another country club. All they want is my check. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it wasn't just the pastor. It was every one of us. I've been guilty of that too. This is a shouting message, isn't it, Brother Danny? Don't you just want to get up and run the aisle right now? But I'm telling you what, it's true. This is in the Bible. And when that person starts to wonder if somebody don't go get them, who's going to have them? Now, we can believe like the Calvinists and say they're okay. I'm not willing to put my soul on the line for that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So let me ask you this. Is there somebody in your life, brother, sister? I've been praying for my brother. You know, he received salvation. He had to have a heart attack and go near death. But God answered the prayer. Amen? Amen. He's saved now. But now the next step is I've got to keep helping him to grow. You've got to find a church, brother. Because if you don't find that church and you don't find that support group, that group of believers who are going to be the ones you can confess to, you know, I'll not be able to go and tell Danny everything because he's got loose lips. And not every one of you are going to be able to receive what his loose lips will give. You'll still get judgmental. But maybe I can go to Angelo here. And Angelo, he's okay. He's going to be praying. He's going to be on his face before God. He's going to be riding down the road and praying to God over something that I'm dealing with. And that's where deliverance is going to come. Amen. How many of you have been receiving deliverance? Not just salvation. I'm talking about things in your life. I'm talking about things that you've lifted up to God. 
This is the time to testify. That's why we raise our hands so we can testify and say, yeah, I know exactly where you're at. I know what God did for me. And that's the thing that we had. Now we've got a testimony. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. You can't be overcomers only except by Jesus Christ and the blood that He shed. There's no other way. You can go to a thousand churches in America today and you're going to find somebody's going to tell you there's more than one way to God and it's not so. That is a lie straight out of hell. Oh, but they look good. They have good music. They sing this. They do that. Whatever. But they are meandering through the Word of God like a snake. Avoiding those hot topics. Avoiding those topics that are going to be offensive because they don't want you to leave. Why don't they want you to leave? If you don't mean any more than that to them, then that their soul be saved. And by the way, if we're not going to believe what this says and it's in the Word of God, we got to believe it, then what good's it going to do? You see, this is conviction on me and it's conviction on someone. Someone is who? Raise your hand, someone. That was the time for everybody to raise their hand. Wow, I know you got it. Someone. Not the pastor. Oh yeah, it's a pastor's job to do that. It's a pastor's job to pray. Let me tell you something. You don't pray every day. You don't last at this. I can tell you that. Because you've got three people over here that's happy and four over here that ain't and you've got something that don't care. Huh? Am I talking truth this morning? And you can't do it without God. You just got to say, Lord, I'm praying but we got to do more than just pray. we got to go too. It says if you'll go too, we got to go too. we got to talk to them. And then we got to pray for them. And we have to believe that prayer is there. Why? Because we see that Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain. Does that tell you that God is powerful? There's a scripture in the Bible that says that with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then he prayed again and the rains come and we started having fruit. What would have happened? I'm just talking about me. I don't know your walk. What would have happened if I still was out there? I shuddered to think of what it was. I shuddered to think what I would be doing now. We're going to have a memorial service today at 2 o'clock. I want you all, if you can't come back, for, and I'm going to say Brother Jimmy Tweedy. You know why I say brother? Because he got saved. Now, God don't need me to do anything. He can do whatever he wants, but he wants me. And me and John rode down there one day, and that's what happened. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Who would have went? Would anybody have went? Maybe the other guy that took Brother Murphy's place, whoever that would have been? Somebody might have went, somebody might not have went, but think about that. We have to do this. We have to pray, and we have to believe in prayer. So I'm going to ask you this morning, who in your life that you know has walked away? Just one or two people, maybe just one. I don't know, maybe ten who have walked away from the faith and maybe you did or did not do anything. Maybe you did or did not call. Maybe you did or did not decide it was your business. Jesus didn't do that to us. 
And he gave us proof. He gave us word in here. Boy, it sometimes, don't it sting? Don't this word sting sometimes? And other times we're running the aisles and shouting and praising God, right? Do you understand what I'm talking about? We do this. And there are times that we are to have, like today, I think this is one of those messages that is for us to soak in. Me first. But yet we can rejoice in that too, amen? And you've got a prayer request in your thing, and if you don't have one, I ask that you get one. They're on the back table back there. And if we run out, ask me. We've got more around the corner up there on the ledge in the, in the booth. And write that person's name down so we can pray. I've done filled out a bunch this morning at 8.30 when I came in. That's how convicting this was for me. If one of you were to wander away, and let me tell you, when it happens, you won't know you're wandering. You won't know it. You won't know you're wandering. Because it's going to be subtle. And let me tell you, the devil will give you all these answers. And he's going to give you plenty of good comebacks. I had a chance to reach out to somebody in this community this week. They was loving life until they asked one question. I had to give them truth. And the next thing you know, I was the devil himself. You call yourselves Christians. Oh, you're some kind of church, ain't you? Yeah, but I'll tell you what, this is the thing that we are. This is what we believe, and I don't want to force it on you, and I'm not judging you. I just gave you truth. You do with it what you will. Isn't that what the Lord tells us? You do with it what you will. You bring it in and let the Holy Spirit work on you, and then you've got a testimony. The devil won't pull that same trick on you again. Amen? If you'll stand to your feet, Brother Jeff's going to put us on some music.